Welcome to the Crossroad International Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us. It is our prayer that God will use this message to bring comfort to those who are hurting, give hope to those who find themselves in what seems to be a hopeless situation, and to encourage the one who is struggling through a difficult season of life. For more sermon audio, resources, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit CICKuwait.com. We'd love to hear from you. with me, if you would, in your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verse 13, right behind the book of Proverbs, right before the book of Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, and verse 13. The book of Ecclesiastes is... King Solomon thinking about his life and thinking about the meaning of life and why we're here and what's the reason for living and he goes through all of the things that he had wealth, he had prestige, he had wisdom, he had all of these things and then he comes down to the very end of the book and this is probably This verse sums up everything in the entire book of Ecclesiastes. And we read chapter 12, verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Or this is everything that man needs to do. Fear God and keep his commandments. So I just want to share for a few moments today on the thought of what is our reason for living? Or why are we here? God didn't place me on planet earth just to take up space and consume oxygen and air. Okay? You're not here in Kuwait just for a job. So... What are we here for? And what is our reason for living? Pastor Donnie Martin made a comment on this scripture that gripped me when I heard this. He said, The goal of man's existence from God's point of view has never been about man himself. I thought that was interesting. From God's point of view, the existence of man is not about man himself. He said, according to God's word in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, the goal of man's existence, his purpose for being here is simply to glorify God and fulfill God's eternal plan. So we are here basically for a couple of reasons, to glorify God and to fulfill his eternal plan on earth. Someone has said that the two greatest days in a person's life, number one is the day they were born, and number two is the day they realized why they were born. 
Think about that. The two greatest days in your life, the day you were born and the day you realized or understood why you were born. Thomas, Thomas Carlyle uttered these words. The man without purpose is like a ship without a rudder. So what is our reason for taking up space and breathing? Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? These are some questions that we need to ask ourselves. And I just want to give you a couple of reasons that we are alive today. Two reasons why CIC is in existence today. The first one is to be God's representative on this earth. And then the second one is to be a reflection of what God is like. And we'll talk about those two today. So first, God's representative on earth. That's you and I. Jesus, if you don't know it, is no longer here. He has gone back to heaven. He will return one day. But right now, we are his representatives. We were created for this purpose. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created him created, go back. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. One commentary I read says we were created after the likeness of the eternal God. This has both moral and motivational implications. We are to reflect God's character. Thus, I am not only an existence of life, I am an expression of God's character to this world if my salvation is working then my life should have the fruit of the spirit which is the character of God another commentator put it this way man was to be God's responsible representative and steward on the earth to work out the Creator's will and to fulfill His divine purpose. God created this entire earth, everything that's in it, and then He turned it over to man to take care of it. Our forefathers didn't do a very good job. What, I don't know how long. We don't know how long it was before the fall. I mean, if you just read the scripture in your mind, you could think, well, it was just a few days, or maybe it was 
on the eighth day or the ninth day. We don't know. It could have been thousands of years. We have no idea. But all we know is God left this earth to man to take care of it, to be good stewards of this earth, to glorify God and to fulfill God's plan for man. And they blew it. But that's not the end of the story because God sent Jesus. So not only were we created to be a representative of God on the earth, but we were saved to be his representative. Second Peter 1.4 says, By which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that it is in the world through lust. Because of our salvation, you and I are put back into the same relationship with Adam and Eve had with God in the beginning that we are partakers of his divine nature, so therefore we are his representatives here on earth. Whatever country you're from, most of you, I think, have an embassy here in Kuwait. Anybody, your country doesn't have an embassy here? Okay? Okay, one, okay, <laughs> or two. But you have, hopefully, somewhere, you have somebody that can take care of you. See, the president of your country doesn't live here. Most of the members of parliament or senate or congress or whatever form of government you have, they don't live here. But they have representatives that live here that speak for your government. Well, Jesus is not here personally, physically anymore on this earth. So he has some representatives that represent his government. And that is you and I. The Bible even calls us ambassadors. We are ambassadors for Christ. John 16, 13 says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So you and I have the Holy Spirit of God residing within us that will give us the things to speak when the time comes. The scripture says don't be worried about what to speak when you come before rulers and kings because the Spirit of God will give you those things to say. Through our salvation experience, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, you and I represent God on this earth. Ephesians 4.24 And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. We are to put on the new man. In this body, which is getting older, I need to start printing my notes up bigger. 
I started putting the, I used to just have the scripture here, but the print in this Bible is so small it's getting harder to read, so I write out all of the scriptures here, and 12 font usually works. I think now maybe I need to go to 14 or 16 or 18 to be able to read them easier because the body is getting older. Every one of us was born to die, and every day we're getting further away from our date of birth to the date of our death. And all of us will go that way unless Jesus comes back beforehand. Understand? But in the spirit man, we are renewed day by day. His mercies are new every morning. Our spirit man, just like God, doesn't age, doesn't get older. In the spirit, we are the representatives of God. We have a new man, and we need to live before people as the new man. I remember when I first got saved, and my friends wanted to know what happened because I was different. Are you a new man or a new woman since you've met Jesus? Philippians 1.21 says, For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I live in Christ. And that leads us to the next thing about representing God. We live for the purpose of representing God. Ephesians 2.10 For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has a job for us to do. God has prepared us and God has saved us for good works. Now, we just finished a series on the book of Galatians talking about you can't work your way to heaven. So you may say, okay, God, uh, pastor, are you double-minded here? Now you're saying, oh, God has, wants us to do good works. But you just taught us for 14 weeks that you can't work your way to heaven. So God doesn't want you to rely on your works. But now you're saying, God has created us and prepared us for good works. What's the deal? Well, because I'm saved and because I'm rep his representative here on earth, God expects me to do the things that he would do. He expects me to treat people the way he would treat them. He expects me to do good works, not to become saved, but because I am saved. 2 Corinthians 5.15 and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. I don't know about you, but for a long time, I lived for me. And even now, I find from time to time 
sometimes more times than I would like to admit that I still live for me. Now it's silent either because I'm the only one that that happens to or you're in agreement with me, you just don't want to smile or say anything because you don't want your neighbor to know you're in agreement with me that sometimes we live for ourselves. But this scripture says that we are to live for him because he died for us. There was a young man in Alexander the Great's army that was accused of running in battle running away from battle, which was a treasonous offense. It was the death penalty. And he was brought before Alexander the Great for his punishment. And Alexander looked at this young man and he says, Son, what is your name? And the boy goes, Alexander. And Alexander asked him again, louder, what was your name? And he said, Alexander. He said, son, what's your name? He said, Alexander. He said, then either change your name or change the way you act. And when I read that, and I searched all over the internet to find out, is that really true? But I couldn't find anywhere in historical records, but I found lots of places where it was quoted, both in secular and Christian literature. It's a good story, so I'm going to stick with it. I don't know who, who came up with it. But as soon as I read that, I had a picture of God looking down at me and going, what is your name? And I went, Christian? And then he asked, son, what is your name? Christian? Son, what is your name? Christian! Okay, either change your name or change the way you act. Come on now. We are God's representatives upon this earth. So why are we here? To represent God to the people in my family, to the people that I work with, my neighbors, everyone that I come in contact. The second reason I think that we are here is a reflection, to be a reflection of what God is like. We are to reflect his character. We read a scripture about that earlier. Have you ever heard anyone say, or maybe you have said it, oh, he's just like his father or she's just like their mother? Sometimes that's good or bad. And what those people are saying when they say that is, oh, that child has characteristics that remind me of either their father or their mother. Now, if your parents, when your child does really good, you say, oh, that's my kid. And when they do really bad, you go, oh, that's my spouse's kid. 
But I found with my kids, most of the time when they do good, they're, it's because they take after my wife, and when they do bad, it's because they take after me. See, I see the things in my kids, and I go, oh, man, they're just like me. And then I go, oh, they're just like me. <laughs> but see, as Christians, we need to be the same way. Do people look at us and say, oh, they're just like their heavenly father. They have the same characteristics. They reflect God's love. 1 John 4, 7 through 11. Beloved, let us love one another for God is, or for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And he who does not love does not know God, for God is Love. And this love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his Son to be a propitiation for sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So we need to reflect God's love in the world. Then we need to reflect his purity. 1 John 3, 3, And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. And as we reflect him, we need to follow Jesus. John 12, 26, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there may my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Bishop J.C. Ryle, an Anglican bishop in Liverpool back in the 19th century, said this, the expression of follow is one of wide significance. And it brings before our minds many familiar ideas. A soldier follows his general. A servant follows his master. The scholar follows his teacher. The sheep follows their shepherd. Just so ought the professing Christian to follow Christ. Faith and obedience are the leading marks of real followers and always will be seen in a true believing Christian. Are we like Christ? Why are we here? To represent God and to reflect him, and we reflect him in his compassion. God's compassion is patterned, or our compassion is patterned after God's love. John 3.16 for God so loved that he what? He gave. See, God-like love is always sacrificial. There was a medieval monk one time that went through the village announcing, on Sunday I am going to preach on the love of God but I'm not going to preach on Sunday morning like normal. We're going to meet Sunday evening after the sun has gone down. 
So everyone gathered in the, the church, and the monk came in, and he walked up to the cross with Christ on the cross. And he lit a candle, and he illuminated the feet of Christ with the nails in the feet. And then he illuminated each one of his hands that were nailed to the cross. And then he illuminated the pierced side and ended on the crown of thorns. And then he blew out the candle and walked out of the church. Because nothing else was needed to be said about the love of God. And our love for people is patterned after the love of God. It was sacrifice for us. Are we willing to sacrifice for others? And it is to be shown to all people. 1 Thessalonians 3, 12 to 13. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We do not get to pick and choose who we love because God poured out his love for everyone. I didn't get to choose who my brothers and sisters were. I'm the youngest in the family. They were already here. I had no choice of who my family was. Okay? I don't have a choice of who my brothers and sisters in Christ are. It's everyone that is born again. And I don't have a choice of who I love because Jesus died for everyone and says I am to reflect him. And so we are to reflect this compassion based on the love of God to everyone, but especially to the lost. Romans 9, 1 to 3, I tell the truth in Christ that I am not lying, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh. What compassion Paul had for people. Basically what he's saying here is he says, I'm willing to give up my salvation if that's what it would take for these people to be saved. I want you to be honest with yourself for a moment and think about the people that you work with immediate, your immediate workmates. If you're teachers, the kids that you teach. Do you have compassion on them like this that you could say, I'm willing to give up my salvation, I'm willing to give up my spot in heaven? For these people to know Jesus? Well, I don't know that I can say that 
all the time. But we need to get to that place. Arnold Glasgow said, make your life a mission, not an intermission. I thought that was a good quote. Don't just have fun in the intermission, but make your life a a mission. And Vance Havner said this, too many people, too many children of God are willing to sit at God's table, but not work in his field. And then Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I just want to encourage you as you go into 2018. It's amazing that this year only has a couple of more days and then we have to learn how to write 218 again on things that we do. And, you know... Always takes me a couple of weeks to get the new date down and, you know, scratch it out and all of that. Praise God for computers that change it for you automatically. (laughs) But as you go into 2018, I just want you to contemplate and think, are you showing the compassion of God? Are you reflecting the compassion of Christ to those around you? Many of you, every vacation you travel, and that's great. But let me just encourage you to vacation with purpose. Don't just vacation to have a good time, and that's nothing wrong with having a good time. Do that while you're on vacation. But come see Dell or I or someone else and say, Hey, Pastor, do you know of a ministry or somewhere we're going to? this country, or we want to do something, take a vacation with purpose, do you know somewhere we can go and something that we can do? We're also, this summer, we're planning a mission trip to India again. We'll have the dates for you in the next week or so, and I'm just trying to figure out where to put it in because all the schools don't end at the same time. And then we're starting to reach out here in Kuwait to several of the labor camps. Uh, One with a bunch of mainly Indian men, one with mainly Bangladeshi men, and then the third one with Nepali guys. We're trying to get Bibles and things in, so if you want to be part of that, see us. Because we want to make 2018 a year of outreach to really do more reaching out. The foundation, I think, is laid, and we're wanting to get some testimonies of what God has done. Uh, It was wonderful a month or so ago when Matt and Allison and the boys came back and testified of their trip to um, Tanzania. There's lots of things that you can do. Some of you are doing staycations in Kuwait, You're not traveling for the holidays. Make this a time to do some outreach and to get involved in some things that maybe you haven't done in the past. But why are we here? We're here to glorify God and to fulfill his purpose on this earth. And every one of us has something different that God has called us to do. 
I can't be you and you can't be me. And it's wonderful that we're not all the same. I look around here and we have great variety. And that's wonderful. There is variety of ministry. And God has called each one of us to do something for Him. So as you meditate at the close of this year, why are you here? Why has God put you in the position where He has put you? And what can you do to glorify Him in that place and help fulfill His will in your life and in this earth? Let's pray. Father, we come to you and we just thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that you didn't just put us here to fill up space. And, but Father, you placed us here with a purpose to glorify you. And Father, we thank you that CIC is here glorifying you together. And Father, you have put us here not just to bring glory to you, but Father, you have put us here to fulfill your will in this earth. Father, help us to be your representative and to reflect Christ to everyone that we see. Put this word deep in our hearts. And Father, over the next two days as we come to the end of this year and look toward a new year, Father, we just ask that you would burden our hearts with those around us that we can reach out to them with the love and the compassion of Christ. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.